0: Hello, welcome back to Free Reeling, your movie-watching podcast. I'm one of your two friends who host this show. Uh, My name is Jesse, and with me today is my other friend, and your other friend who hosts the show, Matthew. Say hi, Matthew.
1: I just almost said Matthew, but hi, how are you?
0: (laughs) That's how Pokemon say hi in the Pokemon universe.
1: Let me tell tell you, today has been an absolute... um, shit show isn't the word but let's just say i went to work and i blinked and work was over that that was 10 hours and then i came home and all of a sudden has had all the all these other things to do before uh before the show so now i got them done in the nick of time and now i am happy to have a beer and talk about and talk about this movie with you Jesse let me tell you
0: oh man let me let me tell you I uh, I was out last night to a live show Ooh. Um, who'd you see I, was, I saw the YouTube channel uh, Watcher they do a, a show called Ghost Files where they go ghost hunting and they went on tour with the show to show episodes in the Q&A so it was some friends but it was in San Francisco which is a couple hours away from me uh, so I did not get home in, into my bed until 3 a.m. this morning, um, and then I woke up to go to work. So like I'm I'm, I'm running on that three and a half hour.
1: All guns blazing, sleep. nice and refreshed.
0: Yeah, I took a I took a 20 minute power nap that really made it worse. <laughs> so um this might be a shorter episode but we'll we'll do we'll do I think we'll be covering it I good.
1: you know, I have a feeling there's going to be some momentum in this conversation and uh Yeah, I think I, we're
0: going to cover a lot of ground real fast. I think yeah. Um so the so movie we're talking about today is the 2022 movie written and directed by Charlotte Wells. Uh, did I get that right? Yes. Uh, the movie is called After Son. Um, it is a movie that is very hard to describe. The the easy summary is it is a story about a father and a daughter going on vacation. That is, like, the bare-bones description of, of the movie. Um, there's not, like, a ton more to get into with that without going deep into, like, spoiler territory. Because it, like... The layers of this movie is the spoiler. Like, that's where everything kind of falls into place in a lot of ways. Um, so, heads up, we're only about three minutes into the episode. But from here on out, we're talking spoilers. Like, that's it. Simple as that.
1: Matthew. And this this is a recent movie, so, like...
0: Yeah. It's on uh, Showtime Paramount, so, like, you can watch it that way. There's a nice Blu-ray that you can buy. Um... There's a lot of ways to watch this if you need to, but yeah, we're talking we're talking full spoilers. Now. Yeah,
1: I I I rented it on Amazon and and I I ended up having to do it twice. So so yeah, it's if not a long it, movie. If that's well, giving you any indications as to how I felt about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: so Matthew, like yeah, let's just start from there. How did you feel about the movie overall?
1: Uh, so. I, before, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit of setup here. I really like jazz music a lot. hmm And I feel like, one of the things I, I, one of the jokes that's always made about jazz, um, is it's about the notes they don't play. Yeah. And I, I, now, granted, I think that's a, I think that's a that's a funny joke because sometimes you if you're listening to to something it, it can be kind of true, but a lot of the times it just sounds like something uh, a, a tool would say. <clears throat> However, I've never seen a movie that did to me what listening to, what what listening to jazz early on in my time with jazz did because like i started to when it started to grab me it went for the jugular but i didn't know why and i didn't uh, early on in this movie i was immediately hooked and i think the difference between when like 16 to 18 year old matt decided to buy bitches brew for the first time uh 43 year old matt saw after Sun and like immediately knew why i immediately knew why i loved this movie and it's because in the opening i'll say five minutes or less of this like credits is still rolling and this movie tells you so much before uh before A line of dialogue has been said before you even really seen a proper image like i think the a24 logo is going yeah and you hear like the rewinding of a camcorder tape you hear all of these sounds that and i and i'm this isn't like gatekeeper or anything but if you know what they if you know what those sounds are you you're like wait a minute and this movie is immediately tele- telling you that, like, you're not watching. It almost it's almost telling you you're not watching a movie. You are going on a journey with the filmmaker, and then eventually, you know, it, it um, it, you know, reveals that you are going on a journey with, uh, the main character that is the daughter. Uh, you're going decades into the past to remember a holiday that she had with her father and immediately I was I was definitely moved and I almost teared up but like not because I was sad but because the entire symphony of those first five minutes and how it's presented absolutely just bowled me over Mm -hmm. with how elegant and how beautiful that charlotte wells executed this and i'm like this is immediately a storyteller that i want to see everything that they do yeah like like the only thing i can really equate it to is like the first time i saw a scorsese movie (laughs) like (laughs) like, like i'm like i've not seen a filmmaker do so much in so little time without like Browbeating the audience, oh, or or trying to overload you with information—it's all subtle, and it's all—it's you're given time to read those lines and and get those cues in a way that I don't see. I and I'm saying that I don't see, but like I don't see every movie. I—it's impossible, but it's something I've not been exposed to very frequently. Yeah, and uh, and. Like, I wasn't ready to be, and I'll just, for the end, I wasn't ready to be as absolutely ravaged as this, as this movie left me. Yeah. But, um, but I, I, I was immediately ready to, uh, interact with it in a more active fashion. And, and it was... Oh, what an opening. I and like it's not even like it's it's not it's it's not even it's one of those things like it doesn't even seem like it's that hard. But at the same time, I think if you were I and I mean, I, I like film a lot and I always kind of wanted to be a filmmaker. I don't think I could ever do anything this just spectacular. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's this is 100% one of those movies where it's not a hard movie to watch. It's not like a mo- it's not like the Godfather or uh, Ben-Hur or like something or like Lawrence of Arabia. Like Lawrence of Arabia is a hard, is a hard movie to watch cuz it's so long, it's so dense. It's a lot of moving parts of Lawrence of Arabia. Um it's not that movie, but it is a hard movie to watch because of the things unsaid, because of the notes that are missing from the normal pattern of things because in in another in other this is a movie this movie is not like an, an, like an original story the story is like been told in different ways um this is a very personal story I understand that this is like her personal story about her and her father are kind of like similar things I've seen a, a photograph of her and her father and they look like a lot like the the um Paul Mescal and Frankie uh
1: Choro chur- Choro I think it's, I, I think it's I I just say Chorio but I don't know choreo. if that's right you're
0: probably right you're probably right <clears throat> you're better at pronunciation than I am um <laughs> but um it it's one of those movies though where yeah you if i i I have some friends that if i showed this to them and i'm like look how brilliant this movie is they would they would finish watching go that was the most boring movie i've watched in a long i don't like what was the end what was that ending like what what was going and it's not their fault for any of that it's just they don't engage with certain things like i do with when it comes to films and like I think that's where that's where the difficulty of this movie comes in is you have to be willing to um, engage with the text and th- that a lot, that a lot of films don't ask you to do because they just tell you, um, and so I think um, the first watch I definitely did not I was just kind of like letting it wash over the first time I watched it and it still hit me hard at the end it still I still lost I still cried at the end of the movie but. It's the second time where I found those missing notes more, and I filled in the gaps with the quiet moments, with the facial expressions, with the the cuts, um, with the, 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 the asides, like the characters that they mentioned just in passing some small detail, and how much that matters. The, the, those things really filled in the second watch. So when the ending happened the second time I I just couldn't I couldn't handle the ending and <laughs> I couldn't explain it. I could, like I walked out of my room and I was like, I I need to tell my dad I love him but he's like he was like busy in the middle of some and this is like it's not his fault for this, like he was in the middle of something so I'm telling him this and he's just like it's like, Oh thanks And he's like not looking at me and I'm like, I see I can't I can't engage you with him because if I do I'll have to explain this whole thing, and then it won't make sense, and I'm just gonna have to walk away. <laughs> that type of thing. Um, so, so that's what that's why I'm curious uh, more so. I guess we should explain the deeper plot of it a bit more before we go into it, and and like it was as I'm kind of going through it. Um, it's a very... It's going to be very brief, mostly, the, the deeper plot that I'm going to explain. Because it is not... A, it's, again, it's not a long movie. It's not a complex movie. It's just a, really a deeply rich emotional movie. Um, and I think that's where the the the, the, the magic happens for this. Um, but if you want to, like, focus in on anything as I'm talking about it, feel free to interrupt. And, like, we can dive into it a bit more. But, yeah. So, it's a basic story about um, Sophie and her father, Callum, who's about to turn 31. He's 30. Um and they're on a summer vacation uh he's not they, i believe him and her mother never got married um so they're so they're just two people raising a child and this is like his time with her every summer um so they're off on vacation they're in turkey um and at first it's very simple kind of like hey just enjoy your vacation have fun uh you see sophie kind of learning she's at that age in this movie where she's like about to leave middle school it feels like and go into junior high like she's like right at that that cusp of that age right um yeah
1: well so middle so middle school for me was junior high yeah but like so for so for grades like six to eight for me that was junior high um or I mean, i'm sorry I guess, like, seven and about- eight were junior high but like i was so for she's eleven in this movie. She yeah, so she's that.
0: like about to hit the teenage years. Yeah, so right? like, like that, that
1: would have been me going into like sixth grade. But like yeah. that's still a bit. That's still a relatively big change. Yeah, for, and but like she's so, so she's
0: seeing these teenagers, who are probably near the end of being teenagers, and yeah. getting involved with them and, um, watching observing them. That's a really key point that I find really interesting. She's observing them, and that first like. 20, 30 minutes has a little bit of a focus on that of her kind of observing these people around her and seeing how she's going to get older one day. And like, this is what she's going to become um, good or bad either way, kind of. But it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting way to l- lull you into, Oh, maybe this movie is just a coming of age movie, right? This is maybe just her um, exploring where her future is going to be. But then, like you really start to, the interactions between her and Callum, you really start to see there's a deep sadness in Callum that he doesn't he doesn't verbalize. Um, I think one of the things that really uh, hit me is like he has the, he has a cast on his arm for the first half of the movie, maybe. Um, I think
1: probably first third,
0: but yeah, first third, and I don't really explain ever what happens. Like he just. He broke it at some point. I don't, I don't remember. Do they ever, like, go into great detail about how he she, broke it?
1: When he's cutting the cast off, she asks what happened. Or did she goes, did it hurt when you broke your wrist? And he says, I don't really remember.
0: Yeah, so there, there's Uh-oh. a lot of alluding to, like, he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to talk about what led him to that. And we never really know what led him to having it happen. And there's and there's the moment, too, where she is... This I find this scene really... Since you're talking about cutting off the cast, there's a scene where he's cutting off the cast in the bathroom, and he's struggling because he's using like a he's using like a butter knife to try to cut off the cast, and he's really struggling with it. And again, you can kind of feel this unspoken depression within him. And Sophie's reading a teenager like a uh, teen beat type magazine, Girl Talk is what it's girl called. To, yeah, Girl Talk. <laughs> and she's like she's like getting like she's getting older in that moment while he's struggling with being older. Mm-hmm. In the other room. That,
1: like... And the way that scene is lit is it, like... He has, like... He's in a... She's in a a hotel bedroom. Like, the, the, the sleeping area of a hotel room. That's lit warmly. And it leads her... It, it sort of paints her curiosity about life. And he is in, like, a deep blue bathroom. Yeah. And he's I mean he himself is almost draped in shadow in that deep blue bathroom like cuz I think cuz I think the light source paints more of the uh of the back wall than it does him if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and so like there these type of moments kind of compound on themselves over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um there's a scene where they go scuba diving. And she loses her mask, and like there's a there's interactions between them where he pretends like it's not a big deal, but then he like he does that that thing I think like most of us are familiar with or at least the parent thing I should say dad thing because some people don't have dads at this point in their life or other th- situations, but they do like the parent thing where they pull you and say like like I just want you to understand like I'm not mad, but you need to understand how expensive that was yeah. like, you need to understand yeah. how. How frustrating that, that is a little bit to me <laughs> What just happened sure. um, So she like apologizes And then he makes that off Color comment <laughs> while he's trying to get his wetsuit on To the Diving instructor that he was surprised he made it to 30 which at the mm-hmm. time When you first watch it you're not really picking up on The the deepness of his depression if you're not really Engaging it just it seems like a, a Kind of a quirky thing to say That's what yeah. we kind of say sometimes right Because <laughs> he plays yeah. it off kind of like that Mm-hmm. um and then there's the, the right after that goes to the, the him, them looking at the rug and debating about how expensive it is and how much like how like important it kind of is to him but it's also very expensive and he has that back and forth he's like should i spend the money kind of yeah. thing going on in his in his mind um and then it hard cuts between her playing with i think people at the the
1: pool like yeah teenagers it's, when, it's when she breaks away to go hang out with the older teenagers
0: so she's growing again growing up again it's it's another thing of her growing up and then him he's alone with the rug deciding to purchase it it's an old it's an old rug and it's like a rug with history and things like that like something you leave to your kid something you leave behind is what he's purchasing in a way um and then you like the then you have this really i think powerful scene where every year they do karaoke when they go on vacation and so she signs them up for karaoke and he's like no i don't want to do it and he's being the brat and he's being the frustrating one Mm -hmm. so she has to go up there and sing r.e.m's losing my religion which is, is a really powerful statement about where she's at in the next few years yeah And where he's at right now, and um, that ends up with a night where they just, they don't talk to each other. Like, he goes back to the hotel room and just passes out naked uh, after going to the beach. And she goes off and kind of hangs around with the teenagers. They're drinking, kissing, making out, so she's, like, being exposed to that. Then she kisses her first boy, who's of her age, not, like, a teenager. Um, And then she falls asleep. In the hotel uh, lobby,
1: because she can't get into the hotel room because she didn't have a key, <laughs> and she
0: I think she she couldn't find where she was going either because it was like everything looks different at night. Yeah, Which I, I think that's a funny, I think it's an interesting tip. I don't know if there's a deeper meaning to that, but I felt a deeper kind of meaning to that. Like everything looks different on the other side
1: of things. Um, no, I I think there I I think you're probably right. I think that's one of those that's one of those moments where. Um, there's a, there's a, I think probably because by this point in the film, we are looking for a duopoly. Yeah. Um, or at least if you're engaging with it, you're probably looking for it because everything, everything to this point has sort of had a tete-a-tete. Like yeah. you've seen, you've seen Callum be one way, Sophie be another, and then they've switched almost like they're trying to um almost like almost like they're fighting but like not really fighting it's like they're like they're they're jabbing each other without actually going for any pain uh and this i think that i think because i i felt the same way i felt that exact same way uh especially the second time i watched that like does it does that mean something yeah <laughs> and i think by this point or maybe
0: even a little bit before this point it's interspliced with an adult sophie which again they never come out and say it you have to pick it up a context clue. i mean they come out and say it at the end but um but you have to really it is context clues of like this is an adult sophie now living her life and um they have that first scene in the club where you kind of see Calum, but like if you're not really paying attention, you can't see him
1: yeah the, well you've see so early on you see I'm just gonna call it the strobe light scenes rather than a club scene because I actually yeah, ha, I actually I actually have some thoughts on that or at least a, some kind of an interpretation yeah um but you see like I think you might have if I remember correctly we have seen adult Sophie for a moment before yeah. this and er, the first uh strobe scene you see is her it, it's just the strobe light is on her and her eyes are closed then all of a sudden they're open mm-hmm. and and then it pans and like the, the camera cuts to in front of her and she's she's clearly looking through a crowd of people for something
0: yeah and like She'd... you and he's in there but he's very obscured by that point. Like he's not. Yeah, they, they, he, they, he becomes more unobscured as they keep appearing.
1: Right, and and yeah, and then you, I think by the time by the time we've gotten to her, uh, Sophie kissing eleven year old Sophie kissing Michael. Um. Uh, we've seen at least another two of these, and Callum has slowly been revealed in those. Yeah. Um,
0: we should also note that throughout the movie, you like they're obviously taping this vacation yes. on handycam, and it's like one of those um, uh, it's the ones I used in high school. I can't remember what the type of tapes they are. But Mini DVD. Really yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, so that is key to later in the movie. Uh, it's very. It, there's a lot of cool camera effects. Yes. With that, like the the shot where you're seeing. What's happening on through the camera through the, the, the CRT TV, mm-hmm. but the reflection of the CRT TV showing you the other side of the picture? Yep, that, that's really that's a really neat trick. <laughs> yep, um, but yeah, so from that, after that separation of them, they reconcile in the morning, they go to mud, mud baths, which is a very, uh, really tender scene mm-hmm. between the two of them and she gets everybody on that spot to sing for him for he's a jolly good fellow for his 31st birthday and there is a impeccable shot just up there with the the cut in Lawrence of Arabia going to call it back again where he blows up the the match and it cuts to the to um the it desert there's the scene from stoker park channel Oak, where she's brushing uh, the hair and it turns into a field of wheat like mm mm-hmm amazing fade in from him standing in the sun he's a giant kind of shadow of himself in the sun as they're all singing this to him to fade into him again naked in the hotel room his back towards us sobbing yeah just uncontrollably just
1: inconsolable
0: uh by himself with letters addressed to to sophie all over the floor um and then we and again after I think I think that's there's the there's another future Sophie scene that happens between this and the next scene where she's watching these tapes. mm mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of that's when we start piecing together that this is her in some ways. Yeah. Um, and then they go out for dinner. He apologizes to her. They get a photo together. Um. Um, and
1: isn't this where they dance too?
0: Yeah, and then as they're walking back, he he's like, well, "Why don't we dance?" And it starts playing "Under Pressure," um, and he's like dancing, and we see how like how his dad dances. And she doesn't want to dance with him, and then this is where the gut punch for a lot of people hit. But there's, I think like there's two here. Um, he it it they they take out all the sound in um the song under pressure so it's just the vocals
1: so i'm going to yeah. say actually they don't, that's the actual song oh, is
0: that the actual song I don't, yeah. I, see I don't i haven't heard under the under pressure like, by itself in a long time so
1: uh, so there's a there's a like when they do the turned away from the world like a blind man yeah. like there's not music under that
0: okay that makes sense i <clears throat> thought maybe i, I was like Maybe that is the way it's supposed to go, but I don't remember.
1: Yeah, um, but they well. But... So, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna interrupt here because I I want to point out like how they've used pop music in this in this film. Go for it. Because there's a point where that you hear Blur singing "Tender," and I mm-hmm. think that's off of I think that's off of the album "Think Tank." I don't remember for sure, but and they start distorting it very and like they're they're kind of trying to do that with under pressure but under pressure just lends it lends itself so appropriately to the way that charlotte had this cut but um and the chorus and tender is come on come on come on get through it and that is at a moment where if a moment where the audience should be caught up to what's going on behind callum's exterior yeah and it and it's distorting it almost like almost like saying hey this is important but not it it it's not like beating you over the head like saying hey you need to remember this later (laughs) or anything like that um and then here it's the same like where they're where they're trying to say a lot more. They're trying to say a lot without saying it. Yeah. With the section of under pressure that they choose, like that turned away from the world with the blind man, but also like the, this is our last dance. This is our last dance. Like yeah. This is our last chance, and they're saying and, so much. And, and in a and in a weird way, it almost seems too on the nose, but because. Everything to this point has been, honestly, the, everything to this point has been, like, the kind of film that I love, where it just gives you little, It it's basically purposefully full of holes, so if you're interacting with it, you start filling it in. Yeah. And, I could see plenty of people that I know watch this and go, "Yeah, this is kind of lame." And they're not really giving me a story and I could just be like, "No, you're wrong." <laughs> but <laughs> you're not paying attention. It doesn't want you to watch it. It wants you to think about it. Like that's the and difference. And I want
0: you to and I want you to feel it. I want you to get into the feelings of what's going on here. Right.
1: And um and yeah, yeah the way that the way that wells used pop music throughout this movie apart from like the fact that there were some like 90s jams that i think me and like maybe five other people remember and and like i, I mean
0: it's so, it's a british so, movie like maybe they those are bigger over there
1: no because i i will have you know sir that brand van 3000's drinking in la was like a pretty big hit in midwestern radio (laughs) and i think i might be the only one that remembers that but that's okay uh but um there was so there were the way that wells used the pop music like it seems so stupid and so on the nose but if the work wasn't done prior and i know i'm repeating myself here but it, it i i have to uh if the if the work wasn't done so well to this point it would be like she was browbeating the audience, but here she's just using it. She's using cinema in a way that is like a gifted person uses cinema. Like Bergman would do this. Scorsese would do this. I'll bet you Kurosawa would do this. Like this is brilliant shit. (laughs) I mean,
0: yeah, it's the idea of like what's a good needle drop helps this a lot too, but I think, I think it is like, yeah, you, she's not, she's not telling you what's going on. So when you get to that scene, it's her wrapping the present of the movie to you. Mm-hmm. And then the next, the final scene is putting the bow on it. Yeah. And if you knew what the present was the whole time, you would be upset that it took so long for her to get there. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's one of, the, one of the amazing things. But yeah, so when the song goes to just the vocals it goes back to the strobe scenes and it's just her and Callum and Callum's dancing like he is in the scene before mm-hmm. and again we're getting flashes it's a strobe scene so one, yeah. yes this will be hard to watch if you have um, if you're sensitive to light be careful yeah. Um. but the the um I'm trying to find the words I had but the moment where she grabs him and he kind of goes limp into her arms Mhm is so crazy impactful to me about, yeah. like, she finally realizes kind of what he was going through at that moment, like, how deeply he was going through it at that moment, mm-hmm. so he can release, and then she pushes him away from her and let him fall so she can release him. Yeah. Right? Like, that, like, that's, like, that's how I read it.
1: So I – I, so I specifically went back to the movie and I watched the entire thing again specifically to build up to that scene and see it again. Yeah. and and I agree with you like I uh, there was I felt I felt like on first watch like I felt like I got a lot out of this movie and it did plenty for me and had I not watched the second time I'd still be able to sit here and have this conversation with you. Um, but because I wanted to fully experience that particular scene again, because I wasn't sure if, he, if I felt like originally in the under, in the um 11 year old Sophie scene, she pushed away. But yeah. in the strobe scene, he pushed away. So like, I wanted to I wanted to get confirmation on that sort of duopoly thing again and I don't watching it again inconclusive not <laughs> no, I, I but I it was one of those things that like I think I think that's the that's correct like there's a moment where in the 11 year old Sophie has has you know embraced her father and that's just a perfect nonverbal way for her to say that she loves him and it wouldn't, it, 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 nothing else matters. She just yeah. loves him. And then when she pushes him away, it's like, she's saying you're free. Yeah. Like I just be, I want you to be happy. I do like, she's, she's said things to this point that allude to that. Like when she talks about when she was five and, uh, She had called, she wanted to talk to him on the phone, but her mother said he was engaged and she was, and she says, I was kind of excited because I want you to be happy. And yeah, yeah. And like, there's so much that. There's there's just so much. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, like, there's, and there's like the talk
0: at the end about like what the next vacation is gonna be and stuff. Like, oh god,
1: <laughs> that the second time around that conversation hurt me.
0: <laughs> um, but, but to kind of like wrap up the, the the rest of the plot of the movie, like yeah, so we have that scene, um, and we then get another adult Sophie scene outside of the strobe where like she is watching the tapes, mm-hmm. um. We can kind of guess she's around the same age as Callum was then. Uh, the rug is in the room. Like, yep. if you play close enough attention, you can see the rug is there. So, like, again, it's something he bought as a legacy thing to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, like, goes to go check on her child at one point. She has a wife. Like, she is in a better place than he was, but she's trying to connect with him still through mm-hmm. those tapes. Um, and then it ends with the second gut punch scene where he's taking her to the airport on the tape
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they're talking about like what's gonna ha- like can't we see you next time et cetera, etc mm-hmm. um she's going away and it turn the camera turns around to him and he's in a completely empty room isolated from everything now that she's gone and he closes the camera and quietly walks out the door T- into the and, in, into the into the strobe lights yeah into the rave
1: So I think I'm going to say this and 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 I apologize if this comes off as crass or dismissive or or even rude but I feel like the easy question that movie watchers would ask is what is Callum depressed about yeah and and to i i'm i'm no therapist i'm just married to one and the one thing that i've learned about feelings that are that are hard to explain like and you know i'm very lucky reba has helped me through a lot of my own bullshit um but my if someone were to ask me what what Callum's depressed about, i will be like, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. But it's clearly wrecking this man. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the point, not what it is. Because he, he, here's and this is this is why this is why it doesn't matter. Because if you were to tell if we were to tell you what it is, you would be absolutely dismissive of it. Because when it's when it's your if you're an audience member at a movie that's for for lack of a better term, fake. You can be like, well, my life's harder, and this is fake, so it doesn't matter what it is. All it matters is insert yourself into it. What's bothering you at the moment, and clear, and just multiply it by an, a factor of whatever you need for it to wreck you. That's what Callum's going through.
0: Yeah, and, and I think there is a added level of there's a depression within fathers that isn't discussed openly that was become more and more discussed from their children. Right. Like, yeah, I feel like children of depressed fathers have come out more and more talking about, like I, I couldn't, I could, I saw it, but I didn't see it. And I, I saw
1: it, but I didn't know what it was. Like, yeah. You and, know, and it,
0: and there's, there's something when you become a father and you become responsible for another life. And it's the same thing. I think on the mother side, it's just, it's, it's that ingrained leader, um, social thing, right? Especially in that point where the movie takes place in the eighties, or 90s, uh, maybe nineties, in nineties, yeah. 90s, yeah. Um, where if he's not doing what he feels like, like he's not seeing his daughter every day, he's not doing these things, like that stuff could just eat at you. And being so young, he like he mentions multiple times, like I can't believe I'm like, and other people mentioned, like they can't believe he's so young and has a daughter that age.
1: Yeah, and also like when he said that when he said that I couldn't believe I made it to 30. Like dude same. Yeah. Like I don't think I don't and, and I and I'll say this like I think objectively and subjectively I don't think I've had a hard life. But the fact that I've made it this long is still a fucking surprise. I still got a couple more months ago. Like I, I mean, it's it's November second right now. I'm going to be 44 in 17 days. I don't know how I made it this far. Yeah, and and like and I could speak to the depression that happens in fathers. Actually, you know, I will. I will. There's a thing you see happen when you become a father. Like for those first, like my my son is eight months and one day old today and the thing that I've seen happen to between my wife and him is so special and so beautiful and it is something that while I could point things out it's ultimately indescribable to and I'm gonna and I'm not saying that like I can't I'm it's I'm going to say it's indescribable to to someone who doesn't have kids but I don't I don't think I mean it that way but there's there's just something different now and you see the like I see the woman I love nurturing our son and it is a beautiful thing but ultimately like if especially like recently Aton has been trying to seek me out in a way that I just am not used to because it hasn't happened till now. But there were times when I would pick him up and he would just start wailing, crying. And while Reba and her mother, who is an OT that specializes in children zero to three, while they could explain that away, from a logical sense, all of that was great. It was great to get that knowledge. But at the same time, if I picked him up and it made him cry, like, yeah. that's a dagger in the goddamn heart. Now, recently, like, Eitana started crawling. And he started, like, he started act actively, like, trying to seek me out. And I'm trying to be present for him. But also, it's like, at the same time, I've spent most of his life being the other one you know yeah no totally i get that like and you know relatively quickly Aton figured out that you know reba my mother-in-law and i all provide him with something and those things we provide him with are very different but early on he discerned who gave him what so he just sort of knew and then you eventually start figuring out the baby language like if he cries this way you know what he wants and that depression, I mean, I can only, I can't imagine what Callum went through as a father being separated from Sophie for the length of time. Yeah. And I say that as the product of divorced parents. Uh, but I also, you know, I'm going to. I'm going to stop the statement there but like there's also other shit that went on in my past before I like with my parents that doesn't really apply here. But like the 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 father de- depression is a real thing and I'm kind of I'm kind of early on and I see it in a lot of ways but I also see like how this can go better and worse from where i'm at maybe not from where callum's at or callum was but like i i found myself heavily relating to a lot of things that this man was doing on camera (laughs) and i I was like, oh i get this dude oh man it's like that bell and sebastian song um I think it's act of apostle part two. Like the girls are singing about my life. Like it's (laughs) Um. But, but yes, you're, you are, you are correct. There's a lot of kids see that. Whereas a lot of other folks don't.
0: So we got right at the end of the movie. Is there any other points you want to bring up from the movie? That... I want
1: to talk about the strobe, the entire strobe collage. We'll call Go it. Go for it. So, the first time I watched this, whenever the strobe scene came up, and you see, so you see Callum when he, when when I actually you see Callum in those scenes, and you see him dancing like aggressively, almost like he's in a mosh pit but nobody else is doing that thing around him. Yeah. I, um, the questions I was asking to myself were like, why is this all? Why is it always a rave? Why is it always, you know, a club scene? And, and I think it's because of, you know, being partly a rave kid when I was in my teen, when I was in my teen years and, associating it with like the 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 drugs and the definite problems that were in that culture but I was starting the second time around I quit think, I made it a point to not think about that and yeah. then something stood out to me when you know how in the opening of the movie you see Sophie going but I wanted to interview you yeah And then you get that same scene later on after you've gotten a bit more information and it hits way different. (laughs) Um, And he has her turn the camera off and all of that. I started to think about it differently because she says something absolutely brilliant. I'm going to try and save this in my mind camera or I'm going to try and record this with my mind camera. And what is a camera exactly? It's, I mean, an old film camera was film running through at however many frames a second and light hitting it almost like a goddamn strobe light. Uh, Yeah, that's fair. That's (laughs) fair. And I'm sitting here thinking that's what this is. This is her going through her mind camera, searching for her father. And then, the 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 actual mini dv segments that we get are what she, are the physical evidence and everything else is the memory evidence and then the strobe scene is her as an adult trying to remember that last time I'm going to say that's it's the last time a because of the queen song b because we clearly know with by the carpet and other details that he is just not in the picture anymore, for whatever reason. I don't know. I, some, some. I think the easy one is to say that he has passed, but I don't. I just think he's just gone. Yeah. For lack of a better word, I don't think he, he might not be dead, but he's just gone. And adult Sophie is tr- is trying to hold on to him one last time, and. That, Jesse, and I'm starting to do it now, <laughs> made me fucking sob. <laughs> yeah? And part, partly because, like, the way that my father passed. Yeah. Um, and I know that when he did, there were plenty of things. I d- I told him I loved him all the time. So he knew that I loved him. But there were plenty of other things that a self-respecting son should say to their father. And those are the regrets that I have. Whereas I know that... I know that Sophie, in this particular case, just wants to see him again. And and that absolutely kills me. And this is the only time that I've had the chance to say this because of the way that this hit me, Jesse fuck you for bringing this movie <laughs> into my
0: life <laughs> i i knew this would be a tough one i just didn't realize how tough
1: no th- but see that's the thing it wasn't for me no, i'm not gonna say this isn't gonna be tough for somebody for me this was not tough for me this was a despite how it's hitting me and all the things that it made me think about this was a rapturous watch for me like One of the things, one of my favorite moments in this show was the time where Grace was on and she just goes, Cinema! Like, that's (laughs) how I feel watching this movie. Like, cinema! And, you know, and I, this, this movie is a goddamn masterpiece. And it sucks that, like, that there, that, it sucks that, There are people that will watch this and go, "Hmm, This is kind of boring. (laughs) Like, I don't fucking get it. But also, that's art. Cuts that way
0: sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of a bummer because Paul Meskel was nominated for Best Actor that year for the Oscars from this. You mean this year? (laughs) Or this year. Technically this year, yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like,. Uh, I don't remember who he lost out to for this last year. Um, I'm trying to think, was it Austin Butler for Elvis? <laughs> it might have been. Um, oh, fuck
1: off, God! I don't remember though. I'm entirely sure. I mean, I I don't either. I don't pay attention to that shit. But like, also fuck off. If it was, if it was Elvis, fuck I feel like off. it was
0: somebody else. But yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, this is definitely one of those movies where I feel like it kind of got ignored because it was from a smaller studio. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, this is an, an incredible movie that I recommend people watching twice at least.
1: Oh God. Yeah, um, it's, this, this movie was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. I don't think I had heard of it before you mentioned it on your top 10. Yeah. It,
0: uh, it was a movie that all my friends really liked and I missed because it, again, small uh, studio. So I just wasn't really being able to go to the smaller studio releases. Yeah. And then David Elric, the, the critic this was his number one movie of 2022, and he. Which, he does I'm sorry,
1: thing, which critic?
0: David Elric. Okay, who is a like people? People love him or hate him type of guy. Sure. Uh, I think I think he's very smart, but I don't always agree, which is what critics are about, right?
1: Hundred mm-hmm, um, percent.
0: And he does this thing where he edits his top like 10 movies into like a montage, and like he used, I believe, under. Um, uh, the under pressure as the kind of like the, the song to tie in the montage and then tie in all the way to the end to this mm-hmm. um I'll, I'll send you that video i think you'd appreciate it um, uh, I, I
1: probably will based on um, how you're talking about it right now
0: but uh yeah so it made me watch it when it finally came to streaming i was like oh good i can watch this now and so i watched it and i was like ah oh, i wish i saw this in theaters <laughs> kind yeah. of thing Um, and there's a really nice Blu-ray that I'm planning on buying soon but yeah Um, so yeah let's go to the last few things Matthew I know there's something you want to talk about what have you been enjoying we aren't going to talk about recent things because the SAG strike is still going on
1: so we're not talking about movies but let me tell you I went and saw a play and I'm going to set this up Jesse are you familiar with the Golden Girls?
0: I am familiar with the Golden
1: Girls okay so so you know like it's blanche dorothy sophia rose you know you've seen episodes all that yeah okay so imagine that someone tried to do an addendum to the, the golden girls not not a reboot not a retelling just like a story continues yeah but instead of it it, it is for men in the roles okay like it's, I think I've it's, heard of this. It's, it's, it's called Golden Girls, The Laughs Continue. And actually, I'm going to look it up real quick, just because I want to get the actors correct. Of course, my computer's deciding to act up. The Golden Girls. Uh, the Laughs Continue. Okay. Okay. Nope, that's not it. I apologize. Oh, uh, y'all good. Come on, where are you? Anyway, I'm going to try and find this. But it, So this is a reboot where, f- where four men are in the, the roles of Dorothy, Sophia, Rose, and Blanche and the golden girls is my favorite television show of all time for a long time. It was because I remembered how watching this with either my immediate family or at my grandparents' house or like an aunt and uncle's house, like it brought everybody together. And it was always like, for lack of a better term it was always like wholesome family entertainment as i've grown up and sort of rewatched things i've realized oh these women these these women are just amazing like they're they're just they're just great in so many different levels and their the four personalities were so different and you didn't have to be, you it was the first time i sort of understood that there were there there was like a universality in archetypes in media so and the golden girls like as i've gone back to it like recently in the past i'll say 10 years like it was what i do every valentine's day i binge watch the golden girls and get drunk um and, and there were, there were people that had a problem with this and people that didn't. And it, the, the, you can guess which ones ended up staying in my life or not. Um, but Reba saw this and she's like, Hey, would you be interested in this? And I'm like, uh, yes, a hundred percent. Like, yes. And she's like, okay, happy birthday. And so she got me my birthday present early and, this is the right way. This, this, the way that this production happens is the right way to reboot anything that's been gone for a while. Um, for, for because it's so self referential, but also like it breaks the fourth wall in so many different ways. It's not just like, the actors on stage looking at the audience going you see what i did here um but like there were plenty of times where blanche the character who played blanche would look at another character and go hey sophia how exact how old are you because like in 1991 when we went off the air you were 85 and it's like 2023 now what's that what's the math on that are you like 180 <laughs> like and, and this happens throughout They also did like good callbacks To so, like group hugs or eat dirt And die trash or Some of Rose's just Brilliant absurdist Soliloquies Rose in this Is the actor Who plays him and I, I can't Find the website I apologize Please google search the golden girls Last continue find out who plays Rose that is that person fucking nailed rose's inflection, delivery and everything. Every saint Olaf story, oh my god. And also she delivers a soliloquy on the Wu Tang Clan of all people.
0: That's pretty good. <laughs>
1: like like you you it was it was so tailor-made for me that Reba's like going, "Wow, I see why you love this." <laughs> Um, and then the another funny part before I get into like spoilers for the show, because I am gonna go there. Uh, no less than five times, people came up to me, like Reba and I were standing next to each other. So like, they would look at her and go, "How did you convince him to come?" <laughs> and she's like, "What do you mean?" Well, it's The Golden Girls. I'm like she's like, it's his favorite show. <laughs> like I'm here because of him. And I'm like, yeah, I love this shit. <laughs> um and that was fun. But there so the story of it is it kind of it takes place after the original show. So like there's no Golden pa- like the Golden Palace, if you know about that show, that really didn't happen. Um but they make reference to it at the end, which is great. But uh, Blanche and Rose have decided to start Creakin', a sex a sex app for seniors. Uh huh. There's a joke there. There's a joke there, and all of the alerts sound like old rocking chairs. It's it's Chef's kiss. Um, They're trying to get Dorothy to check out Creakin'. Dorothy checks out Creakin and then starts asking about acronyms. So like BBC and Rose is like, yeah, I have some questions about that too, because where does Maggie Smith come into this? (laughs) And Blanche is like, no, they're not talking about Downton Abbey. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then I think, I think you hear Sophia say big black cock in reference to that, which is hilarious. Um, But then they go through a whole bunch of other ones. Uh, One of my favorites is when uh, Dorothy or Rose and Blanche are actually pantomiming CBT for Dorothy. CBT, if if you don't know, cock and ball torture. That's pretty. It's a pretty funny thing, Um, at least when they do it. But. The the showstopper in that particular scene is Dorothy going. So what does FMLTWIA stand for? And then Dorothy stands up, turns to the audience with one thousand percent enthusiasm, and says, "Fuck me like the whore that I am." (laughs) Like oh, it's so good. And then so Sophia at this point is facing a a high profile trial because she started selling drugs to people at shady pines uh-huh, uh-huh. Listening. <laughs> and so all of her scenes you see her walking around with like an ankle bracelet because she's on house arrest so like when the lights are out on stage you see sophia walk through you see the green light on the ankle bracelet oh it's oh it was so good and then at the end when um at the end when things are resolved uh by this point Rose and Blanche have sold Creek into South American billionaires and I said so we have all this money and we can um, we could basically do what we want what do you say we buy a hotel and we'll call it the Golden Palace Dorothy you could stop by maybe we could do a show Dorothy you could stop by for an episode or two and then Dorothy goes that sounds absolutely fucking stupid Blanche and then Rose starts, Rose chimes in, he goes, But what if we? And then everyone in unison, shut up, Rose. And then the title song plays. And that was the second time I was in tears during that. Because the first time when the title sequence plays, like, thank you for being a friend. Like, when I saw, it, when I was sitting in that theater, I looked at Reba and I'm like, I'm she. She's like, are you okay? I go, no, I'm just crying right now. And she's like, why are you crying? I go, I don't know. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, so the golden girls is one of my favorite things ever. And, and seeing these men absolutely nail it was perfect. Uh, and if it, I know they're going, I know it's a show that's like on tour, Uh, if you see it headed your way, you should go. It It sounds like a pretty fun time. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you need to, I don't think you need to be the super nerd on golden girls that I am to enjoy it. But, uh, but, but it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt, (laughs) but I, I absolutely had a ball and it might be one of the best birthday gifts I've ever received. (laughs) So
0: I, I currently good. have nothing myself to add to what I've been watching because it's all movie stuff and I don't feel, still feel comfortable with that. Fair.
1: So Matthew, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on, I'm just going to say blue sky at this point because I barely look at co-host. Um, it's uh, infinite dash rewind. Search that on blue sky. If you're on there or if you're still on Twitter, and you want a blue sky invite to DM me infinite underscore rewind there. I'll give you, I'll give you an invite to blue sky. No problem.
0: Yeah. And I'm mostly currently on mastodon or whatever it's called. mammoth yeah, something like that. It's one of those two animals. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't do mastodon. It's, no, that's fine. It's fine. That's it, a really complicated one. Yeah, I'll put all of our updated social media in the ne- in this description for this episode. Cause we're all, we're really all, we really are on everything at this moment. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and then uh you can find this show currently on Twitter and on uh Blue Sky at uh free Reeling It. Yep. Um and then just with the Blue Sky, just follow its naming convention. Um mm-hmm. Tumblr, I think it's free reeling pod or something like that. I'll put again it'll be in the description. Sure. Um
1: and Matthew who does our theme music? My buddy Jason, he goes by Deadeye. You can find him on Spotify, Bandcamp, any place you can get music at DEA-I, all caps when you spell a man's name. Uh, He was also part of a reggae duo back in the early 2010s called the Hope Street Steppers. They released one album called Black Lightning. It's very good. You should listen to it. I really like it a lot. His album by himself called Bloodshed Kingdom is wonderful as well listen to both of them support my buddy he's a good nurse good father and uh he's very talented even though he'll never admit that himself uh i say it because i believe it not because he's my best friend um yeah check him out uh you can follow him on instagram at deadeye productions all one word d-e-a-d the letter i productions
0: and we like to thank you guys for joining us on this traumatic journey about life, death, and the pursuit of happiness. <sighs> uh, just <laughs> just, uh, just remember when you're feeling a bit blue, there's nothing like turning on an episode of The Golden Girls.
1: Oh, damn right, sir. Damn right. <laughs>